Hey, Redline Radio listeners, you can find us every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. From the looks of yesterday, it looked like Dave missed you the most of anyone. This he is had such to... bullshit. This is such bullshit. <laughs> it's not bullshit. This is such bullshit. You sidled right up to him. I didn't sidle anybody. I'm not a sidler. You I gave... hate people. Well, are you going to tell people when he walked in, he gave me a hug? I didn't give you. I, I've never given you a hug in my life. I give you the pat on the back here and there. <laughs> I've like never that. given you a hug though. All I'm saying is that you have. We have. We've expanded our office space. We have. We had a wide open office. We have many. You weren't even here, so why are you telling the story? It's all on video. You can tell the story. Then you if, made the choice to sit within. I don't know no, five inches of Eddie yesterday. If people didn't want to know what we're reverting to, if they have no idea what's going on right now, Carl could probably explain it best. Yeah, Dave just sits too close to Eddie in the office. <laughs> like, I, don't, not, I mean, where else am I supposed to sit? Half my see now. This is where outside the desk right now. You do yourself better. I'm going to take back, a deep I'm breath. Gonna, you I'm just gonna, sound like a I'm fucking gonna, moron. I'm going to go right now. We're five seconds into the show. You sound like a goddamn moron. I'm going to take over. I walk into the office. Carl's sitting in that seat where he usually sits. I'm. I sit down here, Eddie, where he usually sits, and I needed to talk to Ed about the gambling segment. In the meantime, I also lost the blog that got deleted at the coffee shop across the street. No one gives a fuck. So in the meantime, I start writing because I had a dentist appointment and I had <laughs> you I was you in crunch time. You listen to yourself. I you have a dentist appointment. You're what does this blogs. have to do with this? Is, this is just because you. I sit down next to Ed. I start cranking out a blog because I have to leave to go hit an appointment in like an hour, and the blog was really long. So as soon as Carl leaves, I'm like not worried about getting up. I'm worried about finishing the blog, and then this whole false narrative that I'm a sidler. Uh, sit next to uh, sit on the same side of the booth guy starts you know? and it's Ed's fault and Danny Connor's fault who's also a little cocksucker so Carl I don't want to hear your shit you like to like press buttons and everything no, no I'm reporting fun. on facts and you, the fact is you sit too close to Ed it's weird the story where you just else told am I about, supposed to sit okay we have literally I, I've got a suggestion a thousand square feet we got nine stations you could sit at I've got a suggestion where you could have sat yeah. to finish that blog in, in the designated blogging room. But I needed to talk to Ed. I, but we never talked. You never told me we were talking. So I do want to... That's the only reason I walked in I'll, here. I was going to go home from David, the coffee shop. David, David, I'll, I want to take that away from you. There was no reason for you to talk to me. We didn't have anything. I mean, maybe you had something to bring up, but you never brought it up. You never even I like... It was never it. one of those things that you brought up, but you just never got to. Like, it was just never like... I had no inkling of it, whatever. Yeah. But, however, I do understand, David, if you're on a crowded train and you're sitting next to someone... Uh, the one, one seat open, it's your only spot. Maybe that's kind of how it was. Because if he only had his eyes in this room, like when Carl gets up and people get off the train, you should go move on to the other side. And I would do that every train. single time. Correct. You did not do but that here. That's that's in the other. Because I had my headphones in and I was writing. I was in his zone and I just didn't move. Dave was, was dialed in. Dave. Uh, the other like factor, the Facebook thing. I was. Yeah. I was in the zone. You're coding. They said. Yeah. The other yeah. factor is that like that strays away from that whole kind of theory and like that whole uh, argument is that we do have another office with four seats five seats if you include a nice include a nice comfy recliner yeah. and then Sturk went in there, there what was I supposed to do there, next there, to Sturk? there were there, options. there were options but then there we go we do have we kind of use Ed as a guiding light so to speak he has like his code of ethics and I think this, this is going to be he always a, says he tells the truth correct he's telling the truth he's not telling the truth right here he's bending the Dave, truth Dave shut the fuck up we're introducing so, a segment I would say that this is something that we want to do. If you are listeners out there and you have like a situation like this where you have like, I don't know, a social assassin over here like Dave who's just breaking all all the laws of where you should sit and how close and or any social situations that you need a definitive ruling that you and your buddies are arguing on, send them in. We'll have Ed be the judge of this. 
Because, uh, yeah, it tells the truth, and, and the truth is you sidled him. Yeah, wait, I, wait I what did I lie about, anybody. though? This is where I get confused about. What did I lie about right now? It's not where you get confused. This is, where you get da- this is where you get Eddie upset. Oh, on Twitter, like, I, yeah, I was busting your balls, but yeah, as far as okay. the argument that just transpired, I didn't lie but about you anything. Can't, you can't play middleman. You can't bust balls. You either got to be a truth guy or a, a, a fucking ball buster like me. He's telling the truth about busting your balls. What though. are you talking about, Dave? That doesn't even make you. sense. That does make sense. You can't be a ball buster because then things get lost in translation. Things... Like, people won't understand when you're right, like, okay, dead okay. Set, telling the okay. truth and when I, you're just busting balls. Sure. All right. I, I, I actually do understand what you're saying. So uh, thank you for that. But when it comes to that, it was just, yeah, it was making jokes. It was like, yeah, what yeah, else? Is, that's and it was more so the Twitter people. Like, well, wow, if Dave does that, he's probably a guy who walks into a bathroom with a bunch ton of urinals and stands yeah. next to someone. And it was just funny. You know, yeah, people were coming course. in. I was then, laughing. Uh, someone said, oh, Dave's the kind of guy who, you know, sits on the same side of the booth <laughs> with his buddy. And then he goes, and then he, um, someone sent, and Danny Conrad, the intern DC, sends in our I laughed out loud yeah I, I was crying it was <laughs> such poor timing and first of all that video was taken back in March I remember the night but that was the so first time I had, history of this I had ever met Danny Conrad and I didn't even realize it was him who took the video he was on the other side of the booth it's a booth I mean, you can't sit on the edge of it like an animal. That's even more of a social assassin <laughs> no, no, move. I, uh, but, but regardless, uh, it was I, a bad look. Go to Barstool Sports. Up. Go to BarstoolSports.com slash Chicago. Go look at Tuesday's page. You will see three stories covering all of this to kind of get a better feel if you still don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. Started off with Carl's video. Then I kind of reported some other news. And then uh, Dave responded. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're at. Send in your etiquette questions. I will try my best to tell you how I feel about them yeah. and how I would navigate them. An independent arbitrator. Sure. Etiquette. Yeah, so let's get back to etiquette. You had some poor etiquette over the weekend. You got invited out to a NASCAR race, didn't even go to it, watched the Bears game. <laughs> I just have to know before we get into the show, like, was Dave Portnoy like sincerely mad at you for not for well, basically no showing the free trip to well, Vegas? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know how Dave works. Like like he like like I'm not gonna there's I have nothing this is not wrong to say, I mean, but it's when it came time to go to NASCAR or when we, we first said like the Bears play at the same time, I was like, Dave, like I will like miss the Bears game. It's fine. Like it's like I'm here for NASCAR. Like that's still I'm mm-hmm. still content. You're my boss. I'm working with you. Whatever. He's like, no. He's like, no big deal. Just watch the Bears. Just come after. I said, sure. Okay. If that's if that's what you truly think is the best move, I will, I will follow that lead for sure. NASCAR came along. Uh, well, first of all, the Bears game came along. Craziest Bears game in like a while. And uh, so that wraps up. I'm not shitting you. I was in my jeans. I had my Matt D. Bendito T-shirt on. I was ready to go. Pretty much, I was a button away from calling the Uber, and Frankie Borelli, his uh, cameraman, uh, texted me. Uh, for, for, sorry, I don't want to do him like that. Foreplay podcast host as well, uh, <laughs> my guy. Um, and he uh, he says like, "Hey, dude, honestly, it's 110 degrees out here on the blacktop. Like, we're just fucking sweating our balls off. There's no AC in our trailer. Dave almost passed out from heat stroke. Uh, he just said, "There's no reason for you to be here." And I was like, All "I right, don't know Frankie. about that." I was like, "I don't feel right coming to Vegas and not going to NASCAR." One reason and two, I, I just want to go. Like, yeah. I've never been to a NASCAR race. Like, it'd be cool. So I was like, "No, Frankie, like I gotta come, dude. I'm sorry. Like, I, I know he probably said so." That's right. That's when I texted Dave. I was like, "Hey, I'm about to get. I'm about to head over." He's like, "Honestly, it's not worth it. Just don't do it." I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." And then immediately, Frankie texted me after. He's like, "Yo, Dave just te- Dave just said out loud. He's like, didn't you fucking tell him not to come? Why is he texting me right now?'" So you all three know, like, when you're in that situation, the best case scenario, your best course of action is stop 
annoying day. So mm-hmm. I like immediately like, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to NASCAR because whatever. But I texted Frankie. I was like, is this one of those things where if I don't show up, it's going to be like, oh, well, like, I didn't, didn't show, show up. up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to catch grief for it on the radio and stuff like that. So, uh, And you're a big, you don't like stepping on someone's toes. Mm-hmm. And so in this case, you're trying not to step on Dave's toes, but like you realize the sensitivity now of like. Well, he could call you, you a boondoggle saying, boy. Yeah. yeah. You got a free trip to Vegas. So <laughs> yeah. like you're going to be yeah. lumped in with the, the four-play <laughs> podcast. Four did you yeah. win any money out there? I did win money. Actually. There you go. So yeah. you are a boondoggle boy. I did. I did win money, but but still, like I, you know, you, you guys know the scenario I was in. It's it's a tough, yeah, tough one to navigate. You survived. We're glad to have you back. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about winning money, though. I'm sure you won a little bit money on college football, and we kind of have like the biggest game. Would you say for the Chicago audience this year, Chief? I think it is, and it's the biggest game of the weekend. Is what is it? Number three versus number seven in the mm-hmm. AP poll. It's down in Athens, Notre Dame in an SEC. Stadium, and I'm the big Notre Dame's going undefeated guy. I'm the biggest like homer about Notre Dame. I've been trolling Georgia fans all week. I gotta tell you guys, I think they're gonna lose. <laughs> I think they're gonna lose. This is off brand. I feel like I, I want to have like a safe space to talk about it. Dave's making a face like he's disgusted with me. I watched the first two games this year. I, I had talked myself into them before the year, being able, like, "Oh, Georgia's gonna throw the ball more. That's gonna play to Notre Dame's strengths." They haven't really done that. Dave, you got something to say? You look like you're disgusted with me. Right I now. am disgusted with you. Why is that? I, I mean, continue. And okay. I got to gather my thoughts. Hey, I'm, hold on a second. I'm in a rare position of agreement with Dave. I'm absolutely disgusted with yeah, Chief. I'm, I actually am happy with Chief. Okay. I bet well, you are. Yeah. <laughs> I just, they, they just, I don't think they're going to be able to stop the run. Like last year, they had that Jerry Tillery. He's in the NFL. They lost three linebackers. I think if Georgia wants to, they're going to be able to run the ball all day. I think Notre Dame will keep it close, but I just don't. I don't see a scenario where they can go down to Athens with the team that the way they've looked the first two weeks, which which includes no sustained drives. I think they're 120th against the run in college football. Not great uh, through two weeks. So I, it's just hard for me to like look at what we've seen and be like they're going to beat Georgia. Not impossible. It's a non-zero chance, but it's not looking good. They played Georgia two years ago. Two years, two years ago in Notre Dame was Jake Fromm's first ever first start. game. Yeah, so now Jake Fromm's on his third year. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has Notre Dame done? And I, I'm not shitting on Notre Dame. Notre Dame is a good college football team. Yeah. But what have they done to really show that they're going to like compete in a game like this? Like, and win a game like this? I mean, they, they've they've played close games in, on the road, hostile they environments. Have, they, they have. They almost beat Florida State. They almost beat Clemson a couple years later. They sure. beat they beat LSU in a bowl game. Like they they I'm talking like within the last like three years. Like the Ian like the uh like like the new era, I guess. Well you know, look at like I mean the, they lost to that game at home to Georgia by like one point. Yeah. It was twenty to nineteen. So uh-huh. it, they played them tough. They, they definitely played them tough did. and that was a Brandon Wimbush game who legit like he's got some Mitchell Trubisky itis where he just like can't throw the ball accurately downfield. So it's so are you yeah. out on Mitch? I, I just reverted yeah, back. I just reverted yeah. back the last two years where Notre Dame had a great two great seasons, mm-hmm. and then when it came they down, they have to athletes it, now. Like they really yeah. do. It's right. just like and it's that, a, that wasn't a shot at Notre Dame. Yeah. That was just a, like like when they go against a power like Clemson or like they just get like it just they get embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I know they didn't get embarrassed. Jake Fromm's first game, mm-hmm. freshman quarterback. I know everyone's going to be fucking blowing me up about that. Yeah. But I don't think you're in the wrong here at all. Like your your reasoning. Your I think the number is a little crazy. So I think they're they're enough of a program now to be like, hey, like we shouldn't be fourteen point road dogs when there's only four spots between us in the in the eight people. Like that to me seems a little ridiculous. I think they'll be able. To, they have like big time playmakers on the outside that 
We saw it against, I mean, it's New Mexico, but they just throw up jump balls, and it's like, hey, he's going to go get it, and hopefully like they make long runs after, uh, after catching. Uh, but, yeah, I think, it's, I think Georgia, if they want to just run the ball, Notre Dame hasn't proven that they can stop even New Mexico or Louisville. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I think they're going to they're going to have a hard time down in down in Athens. Okay, are you ready to admit that Ian Book is just, you know, very very he, I I'm going to call him a glorified game manager. Are you ready to admit that yet? Uh he he's off to a bad start this year. I think he's a really good college quarterback. Like really good college like and like Heisman level college quarterback. Okay, are, I mean, are you like, ready to amend that? I'm going to take a step back <laughs> from that. I didn't think it was a bad bet that it was like 40 to 1. I agreed with yeah, that. Notre Dame but you quarterback. said that he can be he was the most accurate quarterback in college football last year. Yeah. So I think if, if you have a quarterback playing the whole year who completes at 70%, you're going to be getting some Heisman talk if you're on a, an undefeated or really good, you know, 11 and 1 Notre Dame team. Like, it's not, it's not crazy to put it in that. Not, category. That wasn't really the argument, though. That's, that was my argument. Ar- That's what, it's not my fault when you don't understand my argument. <laughs> no, no, no. no. The, you, I'm talking purely like. Heisman, like the best player in college football. I'm not talking about like dink and dunk passes yeah, for I mean, five, seven yards out, completing 70%. Right. He's not Trevor he Lawrence. No shit. Like, I never but said that's he was an NFL. kind of how you were like hyping no, him up. Not, not to that level, but. You take, you take, like, you take, I'm language. not. Yeah, that is. You yeah, you're exhausting. He does it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you do it every time. He's saying that at 40 to 1, you're the quarterback for Notre Dame. You know, they go on to say, all right, I just said keep that. going. Yeah. That, that, that would garner you. Heisman consideration, not that he's Trevor Lawrence. I never said that he was Trevor Lawrence. It's not a, really a bad, bad It's not a bad right. bad at forty exactly. one. All right, yeah. that's how that's how batting works. All right, I do have a question though, and it's how mm. can you be such a pussy though? Like my thing is like <laughs> you're so fucking logical, Mister. Like, yeah. well, let me tell you about the run defense. Like, how about this? Okay, I'm, Why don't you tell me? Mm-hmm. I get that they might have a struggle. Yeah, but as you're the Notre Dame guy, I want to know how they're going to overcome that struggle. I want to know what the what what's Coach Kelly telling I gave the fucking you that. boys. I gave like, you who's going to step Turn up right now? Turn your fucking ears on. I said they're going to have to throw it to the to Claypool and these guys on the outside to make big plays. They're going to it's going to. But you don't believe it. That's the thing. It's like you're no tell- shit. Yeah, and no that's what shit. I don't like. You don't like. Be- you don't believe the alternative. So what I want to know is, like, do you actually believe it, or are you just saying this so if it does I'm happen, you can be like, well, on, I did I'm, say it could happen. I'm putting money on Notre Dame plus 14. I'm not taking Notre Dame money line. Like, I think they're a really good football team. I don't Going down there is one of the most hostile places to play, and if you can't stop the run, I don't know how you how you win the game and get off the field. Zero optimism, I mean, biggest game of the year. Listen, yeah, I, I don't ha- I'm not. I'm not optimistic about the fine. game. I'm sorry. No, I, I don't think, and I, I want to like, I don't want to retract what I said because I, I felt like I did discount Notre Dame's last two seasons that were strong. Yeah. But I don't think there's any shame in, for anybody to walk down to Georgia and have their balls cut off because Georgia, that's a fucking scary place, man. Georgia's like entering Bama territory Be- between man. the hedges. Hey, I'm yeah. not saying that I'd be down there ready to fuck people up, <laughs> but I'm not the Notre Dame guy. Like I'd be. Look, I'd, be, I'm gonna, I'd be a little bit more ready for battle. I'm, I'm gonna, a little bit more cavalier. I'm going to have my Notre Dame 12 and 0 T-shirt on. I'm going to be sitting yeah, all on the scared ed- as fuck. I'm going to be sitting on the yeah. edge of the couch with butt, your legs crossed, butt clenched tight <laughs> for sure. It's going to be you know it might end up being one of those games, it, but it's I can't look at people and be like I love Notre Dame. This Caesar would have ran all over you, man. You can know, I can I, mean, I give just, you another another pro fucking another pro to like, yeah. for Notre Dame? Mm-hmm. Neither of these teams have played anybody yet. Yeah, I mean, so you don't really know who. I, and I don't great con- point. Ed. If don't, I was an Notre Dame fan, I'd, I'd put a lot of stock like, behind don't, that point. And, and don't come at me with Vanderbilt for Georgia because Vanderbilt, yeah, Vanderbilt fucking Vanderbilt blows. Yep. Neither of them have played anybody. So. Yeah, 
All right, I got some. I got some optimism for you, Chief. Let's My team, the University of Illinois. <laughs> okay, yeah. the head coach just fired the defensive coordinator, and the defensive coordinator was the head coach. And you know what I think? I like that we're freeing up time on the staff. I like that, and also self awareness. If you're going to identify a problem, fix a problem. First thing you got to do is identify it. Levy Smith looked in the mirror and said, "Hey, you know what? I'm the fucking problem. I'm why we stink. I fire myself. I love that. That's just a, step a huge in accountability move. Probably the most account- it. like that's a, as much accountability football coach. That's can. a pretty good spin zone. I'm not going to lie. No, like yeah, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to be serious about this, but I actually like Levy Smith. Like for him to be like, hey, like I'm just going to step down. Like the, that's yeah. Good move. I it's one of those moments where I read the headline and I like giggled like like Lovey Smith fires himself yeah. like that's unbelievable. So a lot of people aren't talking about Eastern Michigan. They're a good team. They are and good then team. The other thing is we got Nebraska this week, so you know a lot of good things happening in Champagne. Real quick Fuck. before we trans uh, yeah the total in the Michigan State Northwestern games. No, no, I'm not talking about that. Eastern Michigan University has three Big Ten wins in the last two years. Michigan or uh, Illinois only has two. Just saying. Hmm. That's tough, man. That's tough. I That's think tough. that they should. That's they're so a good tough. team, though. I, I'm not even lying there. They're I'd love to have team. a Midwest. Oh. Rele- Eastern Michigan, they're good. I'd love to have a Midwest like relegation system where it's like if you're Illinois or Rutgers they or somebody. Go to the Mac. You got to go to the Mac. <laughs> yeah, we invented the internet. Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah, we love yeah. it. We, yeah. I love There's it. There's too many like smart people from Illinois. We're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> we we, I, we, intervent, we inter- invented the internet. It's true. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Oh, shit. And there's another thing I'm missing. I don't think University of Illinois gets enough credit for inventing the internet. It was Netscape, right? Yeah. We, yeah. It People was. don't know that. It's a big deal. I didn't know that. The internet started at the that. University of Illinois. Yeah. So 19-year-old kids. Whatever. I got two degrees from there. One of them is advanced. It's not a big deal. Uh, college football, <laughs> outside of college football, Ed, is there anything college football on your radar, or do you just want to talk Bears? I mean, I'm excited for that game, but yeah, we could we could hop right into it's Bears. It's a big weekend. It's Michigan, Wisconsin. It's yeah. Tennessee, Florida. Like, there's every single, it's one of those weekends where it's like you're not moving from the couch for 14 hours. Cause, I'll be in Evanston. And if Tennessee loses horrifically... They're the worst team in college football. Right. Yeah. Okay. I do, before we move into Bears, I do want to hear who Northwestern is this week. They have Michigan State in Evanston. Uh, it'll be a good game. Over, under 39. Big 10 football at its best. Bet the under. Don't look at how low it is. Just bet the under. It's going to be like a 14 What game. time is that at? It's an 11 a.m. game. I'll be that there was, at 7 a.m. They won that game last year. Yeah, at Michigan State, yeah, right? Yeah, Michigan State. Yeah. yeah, and that was I, I had a nice parlay on that game. I remember. That. I'm fucking all in Are on you the Wild parlay guy? Yeah, I like the dabble. You know, okay. I, he's a dabble. I'm guy. like, uh, I'm stupid, so I like a get rich quick scheme, and that's like yeah. a parlay. Come <laughs> talk, <How> many, to, <laughs> come talk to me during hockey season. Puck lane, puck line parlays. I've right. been there before, oh, bro. Yeah. I've been there Vegas nights versus the fucking Anaheim Ducks, waiting on that nine thirty <laughs> fucking goal. Don't just, worry, I've been there. How many between Michigan State and Northwestern? How many H back tight ends are going to see time on the field? Do you think um, over under nine Michigan's, and a half? No, Northwestern isn't playing a super back. I'm just picturing like this year. So I'll I'm take you six foot three, two hundred and forty pound kids from Joliet Catholic playing against each other. Like just punt, 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 punt. It's, it's going to be a lot of punt, punt, punt. It's, it's going to be man. beautiful football. Um, all right, so that football will suck. Football that should be good will be Monday night football. Yeah, but mm-hmm. before we get to that, we're going to get Jesus PFC Christ. commenter on the show. Well, we're, we're not. PFC I thought we saw. were going to go Bears. Then we were going to have a little PFT first. Like we were well, yeah, that's why you said, you said Monday night football. That implies that we're going to talk about the Redskins game. We're oh. going to talk about that PFT in five minutes, Mike. Relax. I don't know what we're doing now. <laughs> Let's talk about the <laughs> NFC player of the week. Oh. Eddie, Eddie Dinero. I mean, you know who was the last Bears NFC Player of the Week? Can I guess? Yeah, Rex Grossman, Cody Parkey, Week Eleven last no. year. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
That's a kiss of death. Is that a kiss of death, Mike? How many Rex Grossman Player of the Week awards did we get? Well, he definitely was against Special Teams Player of the Week. Okay. <laughs> uh, how do we feel about this? Listen, this is how we feel about it. I'm glad we can put this Cody Parkey stuff to rest. Yeah, it's just yeah. more of a funny parallel than anything. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's like... Well, Eddie uh, De Niro? Yeah. Okay, he's trying he to... He prefers Eddie Money, though. Someone's like, hey, you Ooh. should trade... Yeah, you heard that? Mm-hmm. That's kind of... Did he know that we put the teal day over the end in De Niro? I don't know if he so did. So it's like Eddie De Niro? Yeah, I don't know yeah. if he did. Um, well, Eddie Money more like the Miami vibe. Yeah. That's true, because he's uh, well, he's a Florida guy. But I don't know. Is he from? I couldn't I, figure that out. Look at. Yeah. I don't know if he's from Miami, but look at him. He's from. Yeah, Miami. yeah, yeah. he's a Miami okay. guy. Yeah, and sure. I would like to point out. I, I stress like the fact that I loved his confidence before the season. Then after he makes a big kick, you know what the story is? He's telling people he's like, I was dreaming, hoping, waiting, praying for an opportunity to do something special for this team. Yeah. So it's not like a guy who's just on the field. Like, okay, if I get my moment, I can't screw it up. Like he's showing up to the field. Like he wants it. Down one. 53 like he wanted that moment so bad he did but i did see something uh there was a column that came out this week about jesus like something if something goes wrong he's a big god guy eddie panero and mm-hmm. he said he gives all credit to god for making that kick some uh columnists i think for the trip jim zorn if i gave a fuck I eric would, you zorn know, I would, yeah. eric zorn yeah. i would really get in there um he Hall said that jim is zorn. he gonna blame god when you know his struggles go like uh, you know when the You're right. struggles yeah. arise yeah. Yeah. fucking Cunt. Well, that's an ace about guy guys. It's all then it's a challenge. Yeah, like exactly. bad stuff's a challenge, good stuff's a gift. It's a great way to go through life. Yeah, yeah. it's I'm true. Kind of Eric Zorn, like he's kind of on my radar now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, for to come up with a column and a headline like that, like what else does that guy have in the arsenal? See, I do a lot of stupid shit in life. We all know that, mm-hmm. and I I say things without thinking about them, and it gets me in trouble quite. a you bit. You might be doing it right now. And um, <laughs> but this guy, I mean, he's a columnist. He was sitting there writing that thing, and not one time did it cross his mind. Maybe I shouldn't push publish on this. That's like the most unbelievable. Goes thing back about to Eddie it. and I are our dog walk on Thursday. We just talk about like it's just tough business right now. Tough yeah. business for everybody. Well, do you? I mean, does anybody in this room have you ever hit a blog and like I just need to get something out there? Yeah, yeah, almost every day. Maybe fucking Eric Zorn was trying to get yeah. something out there. Maybe he was trying to have some kind of like, well, I want to have a unique take on the situation. I'm going to, you know, cross a yeah. line in the process. I think that's what it was. It was like everybody so loved Eddie Eddie Pinheiro. Not me. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I don't like him or Jesus. And that was going to be the end of it. Yeah. So I think that was like he was going to be the one guy, the one asshole. In if town. he wrote that, if he wrote that column 50 years ago, would nice. would he just get murdered by a? Probably mob of people outside of his office. The Catholic Church would have. I mean, you can't do that. Let me tell you, there still might be the fucking uh, the Bears fan club faction in Mississippi now that still wants to come up here and murder him, dude. Yeah, <laughs> there's no be God people. I don't. Out why there. would you? Why would you pick that fight? <laughs> why would you pick uh, that fight? I guess my last note. Sorry, before we get into PFT, is the refs reviewed the last play of the game, and they said he was down. He had a knee down with one second left, so the timeout counted. Everything was kosher on that. Okay. Does it I help you sleep better? Ed, no, I don't give a fuck. Wins yeah, a win. Like even if they win, didn't, right? like I mean, people still want to take that away from us with the fucking Bradley Chubb uh, penalty. It's like fuck you. Yeah, they didn't watch the yeah. game. I got no. a quick question on that. Did Allen Robinson? Did he like dive at the defender's legs to get touched so he was technically down? Because it looked I like think he you did can that give yourself look- up. Like and then it counts as down. It's like the same as a quarterback sliding. It's you know like you can give yourself up. He's like, right, it doesn't so he's, matter if you're doesn't the matter if you're touch. It doesn't okay. matter if you're because it looked like he kind of dove at his knees to get touched, and it was like a heads up play. I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here, but mm-hmm. yeah, like Ed said, a fucking wins a win. Yeah, yeah takes it all day. Yeah, so let's let's talk about Postmates or something, and let's get a PFT comment. Yeah, Dave, you like Postmates? It. I love Postmates. And what do you like most about Postmates? It's a, I mean, it's my favorite app. There is whether I want you know a box of Miller Lite. At no, what's your favorite thing about it? You don't have that, to get off the couch. That I, well, I do that. All I have to do is go to the door. Yep, twenty feet away for um, anything you want. 
Big for, for White anything Sox I want. Beer, Sundays. alcohol, sushi at 9 p.m., a breakfast burrito at 8 a.m. when I'm hungover. Uh, I can get that parlayed with some ibuprofen. Um, it's my favorite after is 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. It will bring you what you need within the hour. Do we have a promo um, code? We for do. Our it's Redline Radio for $100 of free delivery credit. That is Redline Radio, all caps, $100 of free delivery. So you get free, you get a free meal basically if you just order like 20 times. Or five times, rather. Yeah, close, like enough, close enough. Close <laughs> enough. <So. laughs> next, next segment's Math with White Tech Save. Postmates, Redline Radio is a promo code for $100 free delivery for seven days. Now, before we bring PFT on, there's one last thing I want to do. I want to take the temperature of the room. Mm-hmm. Can I get a confidence level 1 through 10, starting with White Sox Dave, before we talk to PFT heading in the Redskins game? So Dave, we, we kind of go through this 1 cycle. through 10. <laughs> we go through this cycle where... I feel like shit after a game, and then like two or three days into the week, I feel fucking great. I do it with Northwestern. I do it with the Bears. I'm okay. at a 10 right now. All They're right. going to fucking kill You're at 10.0. 10.0. You can't get higher from that, by the way, on the scale. Uh, I'll go eight just because the primetime factor. may always still you know makes me a little queasy. I'll go 8.1 just because I want to be a little bit more confident than Ed. And I can't be, I can't be in the eights. I'm a, I'm a 6.9 because I'm out on Mitch. And as the guy on the pod who's out on Mitch, like I just I can't roll in there, like whatever. I and I do put a premium on like Jay Gruden game planning with Case Keenum. I'm not saying Jay Gruden's a good coach. I'm not saying Case Keenum's a good quarterback. I'm just saying when you put those two in the room together, I just feel like they're going to come up with a game plan to like man, you know what I mean? They'll collab. Now I'm interested. I bring this up because I want to see after talking to PFT who knows the Reds, the Reds, the R words inside and out. If this changes, yeah. No, so we'll give our grades when we come out of it. That's, yeah. a, that's a good way to do it. Yeah. Cool. Dave Wooshus. Whoosh. All right. We're joined now by Barstool Redskins commenter and host of Barstool's number two podcast, part of my take, PFT commenter. PFT, how you doing? I'm doing great. Can you Thanks for plugging my podcast. Can you do it again? Like include the Twitter handle so I can hopefully pick up a couple new listeners from your guests. Yeah, again, that's uh, the number two podcast for Barstool Sports. That's part of my take. That's at PFT commenter. That's at P- part of my take and uh, underscore great show. Or did I miss that? I get that right at? Yeah, real bare bones show over there. It's just you, you know, big cat, you know, no other behind the scenes guy. You guys just do a two man, you know, show, which is a real great thing you guys got going on over there. Yeah, we had a producer, but now he works on like this gambling show and uh, fantasy football. He's he's mostly a fantasy football guy now, so uh, we're running ourselves. I think we're doing okay, though. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to jump on our show. We know you're stretched in. Last time we got together, we were in a New Jersey sports book. You pulled me aside. You said, Carl, don't tell anybody this, but I think the Bears are the number one Super Bowl contender. Do you still feel that way? Uh, yeah, I, I think that you're going to feel that way, especially after Monday's game, because every team looks great after they play the R words. So congratulations on having a very, very happy next week. Okay. So that's, we want to ask you about the R words are, what are their Super Bowl odds looking like? Uh, what's lower than negative infinity, whatever that is. That's, that's what I'm going to go with. The Redskins are, are done. They're cooked. Uh, they were done before the season even started. They're done. I put the done chain on the Redskins until Dan Snyder dies. Mm-hmm. However long that is. So what, what body part I, whatever, are you risking? Yeah, when Dan Snyder dies, I will remove uh, his rosary. Well, you know, he's Dan, he's probably not a rosary guy. But the Dunchain stays on the entire franchise until that guy croaks. Or sells the team, which probably isn't going to happen. Um, but, yeah, they're done. They're not going to win the Super Bowl. They're not going to go to the playoffs. They'll probably get three wins, four wins this year. The, the best I can hope for as a Redskins fan, really, is for Dwayne Haskins to play and to somehow not tear his ACL in his rookie year. 
Wait, so this is good. You're telling me so the Skins have given up 30 points back-to-back games. You're telling me like this is a team the Bears can like maybe score a couple touchdowns against, like two? No, I, let's not get out of control here. I think that you guys will probably win like nine to nothing, twelve to nothing, <laughs> something like that. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to be a fun game to watch. The Bears are going to be used to playing on a field that's basically kitty litter that's spray painted with the color green. So uh, not too much of a home field advantage for the Redskins on that one since you guys have Soldier Field. But uh, I'm not saying that it's going to be an offensive explosion. In fact, I think the bright spot on the Redskins this year is probably their defense if they can stay healthy, which they haven't been able to so far. But um, their defense isn't bad. It's not bad, bad. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't get out of control and say that you guys will do anything like score double-digit points, but you'll win the game. Okay, but can we talk a little bit about how we could lose the game, though? Because we're pretty pessimistic here at Chicago. Good question. How could you lose the game? Uh, I don't really see a possibility for you guys to lose this game. <laughs> I re- I'm trying to envision a scenario. Maybe maybe a, a 2 nothing Redskins win where we get a safety, maybe even 4 nothing. a little offensive explosion for the Redskins in week three with two safeties against the Bears. But that is really the only thing I can think of right now because the offense isn't that good. They're, uh, they've got like a ragtag group of wide receivers on the Skins that they're playing kind of above their weight class right now. McLaurin is pretty good. He's okay. Um, but they're not really uh, an offensive football team. They've got a good, a decent line considering Eric Flowers is actually starting for that team. Um, and I say decent, meaning that Case Keenum hasn't gotten killed yet, like literally killed. So that's the only bright spot that, that Bill Callahan is somehow able to, to make that work somehow. But besides that, there's really nothing, really nothing that I can be excited about. So would you? It sounds like you're saying the Bears should bench Khalil Mack because the only chance the Redskins have is for Khalil Mack to knock Case Keenum out of the game and like have Dwayne Haskins play. Well, so should they rest Haskins, him? I don't know if, if Haskins is good yet. I think sticking with the devil you know is probably the smart move. So yeah, just your decent pass rushers out of there and don't let uh, don't let us, don't let the Redskins get a spark. That's what I'm going to say. If Dwayne comes in and lights a spark, then you never know. We might score a couple touchdowns. No, sorry, I got like a two-part question. I noticed you didn't say Jordan Reed. Is he still on the team? And like, are we in danger with Trey Burton being our uh, Jordan Reed? He shouldn't be on the team anymore. And I say that from a, a place of love for Jordan Reed because he is a very good player for the two games a year when he doesn't have a concussion. And he, I mean, I think he probably would be a top five tight end over the last six, seven years. But uh, he's had... I think he's had like eight concussions or something stupid like that. He just he needs to not play football anymore. He's not a football player anymore. I don't want to see him actually, you know, go to a dark place and and have his entire life affected. So if I could get serious for a second, Jordan's because I loved you. You've been one of the only bright spots on this franchise for the last several years. Just please stop playing football. Can you stay serious for a second and give me your your honest football fan opinion of Mitch Trubisky? Mitch is not very good, but he's not very bad. That's what I would say about him. Um, he's played well against bad defenses in the past, and he plays really, really bad against good defenses. So I do, I honestly do think that he's good enough to get you guys to a Super Bowl if your defense plays as well as it played last year. Follow-up question, if you're me during this season – are you okay with Mitch throughout the year? Like, I'm really just trying to struggle to figure out, like, should I be complaining about Mitch? Should I be out on Mitch? Should I be in a Mitch? Like, what makes a good football fan while you're watching your young quarterback struggle? 
So the the deal with Mitch is um, they don't really let him do that much. So in my opinion, the worst part about having a, a medium to bad quarterback is that one instant where after the guy releases the ball and you just kind of like get scared, your nuts pull up into your stomach real quick because you're just conditioned to think that it might be an interception. Mitch, for what it's worth, he throws a lot of short passes, a lot of safe passes. So he doesn't have that. Uh, you're not actively afraid when you're watching Mitch Trubisky if you're rooting for him. So that's probably the best thing I can say about him is uh, when he's passing the ball, you're not terrified. Is the missing piece of the Bears the fact that they just don't have a fullback? Because now they just want to run all the time. They don't have a fullback. So can you win a Super Bowl without a fullback in 2019? I don't think that you can because I think the Patriots are going to do it and they've got Devlin out there all the time. So uh, I don't know. Nagy's got a, a cool offense with a lot of motion and stuff. But Bear football, you guys know it as well as I do. It's about uh, it's about putting a hat on a hat out there, and if you have a fullback. Fun fact: um, what's his name? Suey. That, that was the lead blocker for. Yep, Matt uh, Suey. Yeah, there you go. I played rugby with his nephew like three weeks ago when I was up at this tournament in uh, the Adirondacks, and he played kind of like his uh, his uncle did. So um, I think the Bears need to get back into that old school smash mouth mentality. John Fox, bring back John Fox. <laughs> That's actually not a joke. Hey, uh, PFT, would would you rather be GM for the Redskins for a day or commissioner for a day? Oh, that's a good question. Um, and you know I what think, the, you know what the second second question is going to be. So, well, okay. So if I was general manager for the Redskins for a day, that would probably mean that I would just have to be blowing Dan Snyder for twelve hours. So <laughs> I'm going to say I'd rather be commissioner for a day. Okay, and then what's like your number one, like off off radar priority? As commissioner, yeah, like you come in. What's like? What's the thing you're going to release that's going to surprise everybody? It's not on anybody's radar. Uh, that's that's a good question. I think I would put in the draft lottery, oh. and then uh, and then every year make some money off it. That's another prime time thing I could put on TV. And then every year I would also have a date where I announce what the date of the draft lottery is going to be, and that's going to be a live show too. Yeah, you're right. So you're there'll not- be a lottery with like six ping pong balls for six different days. And then we'll televise that and make some money off that. You're right. The NFL, they need the end of February, the only time of the year where they're not in the fucking news. So that's a great time. Great. That's time. right. Yeah, the week before the combine, we'll do the draft lottery lottery. <laughs> great. Wait, Dan Snyder. Do you want to talk about Dan Snyder, Chief? You're a big Dan – Chief is a Dan Snyder defender. Did you hear that right? Yeah, Chief's a little nervous because he's such a Dan Snyder fan. <laughs> I'm wondering – I'm wondering – you said Dan Snyder is the worst owner in all sports. Is that what it sounds like? Is he doing himself a disservice by not having an idiot son? Because that's what spares Virginia McCaskey, that nobody wants her son to take over. So there's just does he need a succession plan that looks worse than him to change the narrative? So the thing is, Dan Snyder is an idiot son already. Like his dad <laughs> gave him a bunch of money, and so he is the fail son, but he's failed into, into having an entire NFL franchise. So, um, I mean, listen, I don't think that it's possible for Dan Snyder's uh, hypothetical son to be a worse owner than Dan Snyder is. So yeah, let him procreate all you want. Have somebody to pass the team down to. That's what honestly terrifies me though. Is I think he does have children. Uh, they're not actively involved in the franchise, but I'm terrified that you know the day will come when he will die, and I'll probably be dead long before Dan Snyder is because he's super rich, and uh, he's just going to pass the team down to his children that are going to have that Snyder DNA and nothing's ever going to get, get better until the, uh, until the earth is swallowed up by the sun, basically. To end the show, I want us to bond a little bit here about, to end the interview, sorry, I want us to bond a little bit here 
about our uh, our shared experience with Rex Grossman. Um, yes. You know, like, are we are any are either of our quarterbacks worse than him? Are they better? Where, where do you stand on Rex? Well, Rex is at least more entertaining than either one of our quarterbacks. So, also people forget that Rex Grossman was the original RG three. He's Rex Grossman the third. That's like that. That should be his his nickname, not Robert Griffin. But yeah, I would rather have Rex Grossman right now, absolutely, because you're going to get four touchdowns, you're going to get five interceptions, but at least you're going to have fun watching a football game. He was the ultimate guy that like he throws a pass and you hold your breath real quick. He would terrify you. But at least you felt something. And right now, when I'm watching Case Keenum, I feel nothing. That's You put it perfectly. PFT Commissar, thank you so much for joining us on Redline Radio. Love you guys. <laughs> Love you too. Whoosh. Some hard-hitting insight. Very hard-hitting. I feel like I'm more well-prepared going into Monday Night Football now. Me too, and like a little bit more thankful. Because it's like, at least we're not them. At least we're not the Redskins or the R-Words. Yeah, I was trying to decipher how much of that is like PFT shtick, where he's he's just being funny, and then how much of that is like cold-blooded pain as a Redskins fan, and I was definitely leaning more on the pain side. Well, they say you don't get like great comedians unless you have like a real hardship childhood, and it seems like being a Redskins fan, like deliver that for PFT. Like, they sounds like the worst, maybe the worst team in all sports to be a fan for. So let me circle back. We were respectively 8, 8.1, and 6.9 on a scale of 1 to 10 confidence level going into the game before we talked to PFT. Are you feeling more or less confident? I'm feeling more. I mean, I don't know how else you can interpret that. I like Now that I've gotten in my own head, I was trying to make a joke asking if they should bench Khalil Mack. Now I kind of think maybe they should. Like, Just don't risk anything. Like The Redskins are just going to ro- roll over, and the Bears should be able to beat them. Yeah, I'll bump up from an 8 to a 9. Okay, and I'm going to take it down six point nine to five point nine, <laughs> and the reason is like I don't I'm not going to let myself get hurt over PFT. Like I'm not going to let him coach me into being more confident about something when he's made a name for himself just trolling the shit out of people. So he could be like sitting at the New York office laughing That's all the smart. way to the bank, like oh those fucking idiot Chicago guys like they don't know shit about football. Very true. So thanks for PFT for joining us, and you can uh, watch the Bears game on Monday night at Monday Night Football, baby. <laughs> Let's do it. Go Bears. Go Bears. Whole season's on the line. Speaking of things on the line, we have we're bringing back our recurring segment sponsored by PointsBet Sportsbook. PointsBet is coming to Illinois really soon, but in the meantime, you can play their Pick Six game online. They're giving away up to twenty five thousand dollars a week, and it's totally free to play. Here's how: sign up to play PointsBetPickSix.com. That's the number six. Select whether you want to play college or pro. Select which teams you think will win that week, as well as how much you think each team will win by. Play for the chance to win up to $25,000 each week. Refer a friend and unlock exclusive stats and analysis to help you make the top picks. And if that's not enough, PointsBet will give all Illinois players exclusive offers when they open up shop in the state. Again, you can play pointsbetpick6.com again with the number six terms and conditions apply void where prohibited must be 21 or older gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER so here I can I yeah, yeah. quickly because mm-hmm. this is the reason I like this contest is because mm-hmm. I'm a loser and I've already paid my bookie twice through the football season how fucking bad is that that's pretty bad tough couple right. weeks tough couple weeks so in the meantime I'm just playing my pick six here on points bet I'm doing what I can because I know if I hit this 25000 it won't fucking matter. So I'm already making my picks. I'm just sliding over here and throwing in some extra. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that's a good way to say it. This is a way to, to be in the game without really putting the risk out there. 
we're risk guys, though. Yeah, where other are we than at maybe our, the mic. Where are we at with our uh, point, like our segment here, where we make our picks on the show? Yeah, so we said, you know, we're all idiots, and that's kind of the point when when we're gambling is that we don't know what we're doing. So we decided we're just going to leave the game up to chance. And I don't know if you guys remember, we did that dartboard thing. I got the Texans for the first four games of the year, uh, first four weeks rather. Dave got the Saints. Ed is the 49ers. Carl is the Rams, and Dan was the Panthers. We got three people are two and zero against the spread. That's me, Eddie, and Carl. And Dave, you're zero and two. You're the only guy that's able to. I got like, fucked over by injury. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Drew Brees. Yeah, injuring his pinky finger. You're what do you need a pinky finger for. You're zero and two. You're zero and two. I the understand gambling that. gods are and your own brain conspiring against you. I think it's just thumb. This thumb. Thumb. Whatever. What do you need <laughs> yeah. a thumb for? Yeah. Just grip the ball. That's it. Just throw a football. You. I mean, you might be sitting courtside. For the Windy City Bulls, because that was it. that last I place has to go to two D games. League basketball, D League, what G it, what? League, G now League. it's the G League. G so League. you're going to go out to what is it, Arlington Heights, uh, Ro- or not Rosemont, Hoffman Estates? Hoffman Estates, yeah, Hoffman Estates. For Can't the wait to City sit Bulls. on 94 for fucking four hours. So we're going to change it up a little bit, just so this segment, so maybe give you a chance, even though you're the only guy that's allowed to use your own brain. You can pick anything on the whole board. You got 24 seconds to give us why. Well, I'm still sticking with the Saints. I know. Yeah, you have yeah. one. You have, you have the Saints. You're locked in. Now you have another pick. Well, we right, introduced we got... that though, Chief, because remember he was on a coin flip, and then he was the only one that didn't. We're not, we're going away from that to make it simpler. Yeah, we're trying to get away from anything involving coins. So whatever you heard the last time, we're just going to forget it. Now you get to pick. We're going to have our five teams for the Chicago guys. Dave, you can pick on either side of the game. So right now you're saying you're sticking with the Saints even without. Well, I mean, I'm I'm betting that game is what I'm saying. Okay, what side are you on for that? Saints plus four versus Seahawks in Seattle this week. We got Teddy Bridgewater starting for the Saints. Career eighty five point five passer rating. He sucks at football. He stinks. Um, but I don't follow stats. I follow trends. Eighty three percent of the public so far is on Seattle. Or minus four, and eighty six percent is on the under. So I am sticking with my Saints. Go Saints with the X at the end, like the French, the French pronunciation, yeah. um, because we bought it from the uh, French in the Louisiana Purchase. Little history lesson for you. So I'm betting uh, New Orleans plus four in Seattle, and I'm taking the under as my little bonus bet. Okay, there you go. Or I'm so, taking the over rather. I'm sorry. All right. Okay. You, all right. There we go, Dave. So that's that's just the only thing that you like. You just want to you're you're contentious. That goes back to like why Dave Portnoy loved you last summer. You're just contentious, Dave. The public's doing something else. You're going against the grain. No, no, no. I the there's no there's no Las Vegas if the public wins a lot. I mean, if no, eighty six percent of the public's on the under, they're not typically going to lose that bet. They're going to clean house on that bet. So I'm I'm going against the public. I'm betting the over. Simple as that. Going against the public. Going against the public. Talking the over. I love that. That's the one pick you got to make, and Dave give us no reason why we should take the under. Yeah. So I mean, thank you for that, Dave. Other than the public. Yeah, but uh, mine's pretty simple. Obviously, I have the Niners, so they're two and zero with me mm-hmm. right now. So I'm very happy with them. My personal pick. It's it's a little bit of a slam dunk. It makes sense why, but the the Arizona are home dogs. The Arizona Cardinals are home dogs. Plus two and a half. They play the Panthers. Cam Newton might not play. He has not practiced yet as of this as of this uh, taping of the show. So I mean, it's the Panthers look very bad. Uh, they look horrible. Very bad. Newton and, even uh, looks fucking dog shit. Can't yeah. imagine what his backup looks like. Hey, don't get me wrong. Like the Cardinals haven't looked good either. But uh, yeah, I'm just not home dogs, and uh, no Cam Newton factor makes it pretty easy for me. All right, I'll go next. Obviously, I'm sticking with the Texans um, for my personal bet. I've been betting it all year. It's 2-1 and one on the year. I love it again this week. It's Colorado over. So I'm more of a college football guy. The over, they're playing at Arizona State. 
It's 50 and a half. The only thing that they do well is throw the ball. They're going to throw it all over the field. They got two great wide receivers, Chano and, and Mixon. Their defensive coordinator, which is another reason why I love Colorado Overs, is our old friend Mel Tucker, who's a fucking idiot. Can't figure out how to stop a triple option against Air Force last week. Otherwise, that over probably hits at some point, too. They have a few more possessions. Colorado Overs are going to pay this year because South the, the Pac-12 South is also like historically bad against the pass. So they're just going to light it up and then get lit up coming the other way. So even though Arizona State only scored, what, 10 points last week, I still like them to, good to, to get at least three touchdowns against a horrible Colorado team and Mel Tucker. Offense throws it all over the place. Carl. This is why I like Dave's picks more than Chief's picks. Because when Dave's picks are wrong, he can be like, whatever, I'm Dave. Like, <laughs> yeah. you just go through this like this is your job. No. Well, I mean, like, I know job. you suck at gambling. Like, I can't. Are you you're sure about on, this? I'm up on my bookie. I know. I'm the one paying out. Yeah. But, like, it just seems to me like you're so hot and heavy on this analysis. Where, like, a guy I, like me, like, I'm just like, all right, here we go. I got the Rams. Yep. I'm, I'm married to the Rams. Mm-hmm. They're playing the Browns are minus three. Here's why I love the Rams. The Browns fucking stink. They do you do. know how much coverage Barstool has on the Browns? We got like six guys writing up about, about the Browns, and no one gives a fuck. Seriously. Your offensive line stinks. Your head coach stinks. Your rookie quarterback is a little fucking idiot. Like, I get that there's got to be two-year quarterback, whatever. There's got to be 20 fucking quarterbacks in the NFL right now that I'd rather have a lead a two-minute drive down the stretch other than Baker Mayfield. I don't want to go through the other 19. But, like, just this whole narrative around the Browns, although OBJ, that breakoff 97-yard touchdown return he had on uh, – a reception he had on Monday night was absolutely incredible. He's, yeah, awesome. He's so fucking fast. He's sweet. Listen – I'm out on the Browns, though. Sean McVay's rolling in there. He's going to fucking line them up. Am I 2-0 on this, by the way? You are. I'm not going to the G League. I got the Rams. Rams minus three. Probably buy down half a point if you want to. I'm going to take them at three. And then the pick for me is this is the biggest slam dunk on the board. It's the Broncos plus eight coming off a tough game under Vic Fangio's leadership, going to a a familiar opponent for Vic Fangio in an Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers loves to take his five steps, loves to get out of the pocket. Bradley Chubb on one side, Von Miller on the other. It's going to be very fucking difficult for him. I love the I love the Broncos picking up that eight. You just talked me into Broncos plus eight. So better fucking hit. Are you going to use the G word? It's definitely not a guarantee, but after the Kirk Cousins emotional game in in in, in uh, Green Bay last week, I just love the Broncos coming in off of just the Bears. You know they're feeling good. Yeah, there we go. There it is. Points I think back. that's you sold me on that too. I think I'm going to get on the Broncos as well. So, and if you want to make money, no, fade no, me no. at all times. <laughs> <laughs> like, I opened yeah. this segment by telling you guys like yeah, I've yeah. paid out way more than you guys have. I'm the biggest loser on this segment, and I just sold you guys. You there just you criticized go. me for putting thought into it, but you just put a lot of thought. Like that was a lot of thought. You sold me with your brain. Yeah. So yeah, go check out points bet. I want to hear. Huh? <laughs> I want to hear Carl. Uh, let's talk about something else you're very passionate about as well. The Chicago Cubs. Yeah, guys, it's tough. We have uh, this is being released on Thursday, so we will have played the Cincinnati Reds in the third game tonight. We will see how that goes. Win or lose will dictate exactly how I feel. So this is like a this is like a decision tree for the podcast. Like if the Reds won, I am in a ditch. If the Cubs win, we're still going. Where are you at with John Lester? I know we, when, by the time you listen to this, the result is already going to be decided. But I tweeted, like, let's go. John, like, time for Big John season to come out. And a uh, lot of disparaging remarks about John Lester. So this is it for, this is the problem John Lester creates for himself when he says, I don't care about statistics or the numbers or any of the advanced data and what it tells me. I know what I can get for myself. Well, the story people have been telling John about the numbers is like, do you feel different? Do you feel like you're losing a tick on your fastball? Do you feel like like the matchup between you and batters is more level than it has been historically in your career? John, do you feel that? John's like, I don't, you know, I feel the same way, but he's being stubborn. 
He doesn't want to look at data, trends, be on the cutting edge of anything. He's regressed tremendously. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's one guy in the clubhouse who should be sitting down and be like, yo, what should I be doing a little different? And so I'm a little nervous that his his stubbornness is going to prevent him from, like, t- adapting a little bit more. Can I ask you a stupid question? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, of course. So can anybody else besides John, like, kind of guide, like, can you lead a horse to water? So I don't know who calls no. pitches. Like, can you be like, no. hey, we're going to set up the game plan this way, no. John? Can't no. do it. He's just going to do what he wants no matter what. Absolutely not. Okay. Absolutely not. The only guy who'd do that if they put David Ross in the clubhouse next year. Okay. Absolutely not. All right. There's literally no one who can get through to John Lester. I mean, people saying, like, this is going to be his last start. I was like, what? Like, people were that, like, down on him. And I know it's been a rough year, so I understand. If he has a bounce back 2020, don't be surprised. So if he has, like, a monster 2020, I'm talking monster 2020. Comes out crisp. Mm -hmm. You know, he might, if he wants to live in Germany in the offseason, do some, like, blood work or something. (laughs) I'm not joking, man. This is the first time this guy's going to take. What's his ERA at? 4.7 something? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's he's taken... And he's given up. I think he's got the highest whip against them and the highest batting average against for any qualified starting pitchers. With he's got over 190 hits against in 160 innings. So like hitters are hitting over 300 against them. And next year he has a lot to play for because after this year he has a vesting option where the Cubs have to pick him up and pay him that last year that deal uh, if he pitches 200 innings. So will be I very mean. interesting to see. I highly doubt he gets those 200 innings without earning it, which is why like I'm. This is one of these situations. As a fan, my opinion is different than just a baseball observer and as a baseball observer i'd say john lester is going to be in a situation this offseason with a lot of personal incentive Mm -hmm. to take some risks and i just if he comes back and he's awesome in 2020 like i'm not saying he's not the guy to do that yeah no i don't know Uh, or else it comes down to a 10 million dollar buy for 2021 right so it's in the thing with him is it's tough watching because he has been the guy through the rebuild the first guy and now you're starting to see and it's very symbolic of like what's going on with the cubs like it's it is coming up Pretty quickly, right? It's scary. It's crazy because that signing like was one of the biggest fucking yep. days. Do you like, remember where you were for his first yeah, start? Yeah, I do. I exactly remember. I was uh, I was at uh, college still, and I remember I fucking made a little video like celebrate, and everyone was pumped up, dude. I was I, I distinctly remember I was sitting at my desk in my room. So yep, it's that crazy the, that that was the, the signing that like announced the presence to the league. Yeah. Like, hey, we're done fucking around. We just tore it down to shit. I looked up their payrolls last night to do a little compare contrast to what the White Sox are looking at and their lowest payroll is about eighty million dollars, which is about two hundred and fifty or uh hundred and fifteen million dollars less than what it is right now, give or take. Mm-hmm. And it was like like then all of a sudden they dropped hundred and fifty million dollars on John Lester plus fifty million dollar signing bonus. It's like holy shit, like they're yeah. going for it. They're guns blazing right, right now. And so yeah. here's a situation he's got to start tonight against the Reds. It's a must win game. It's it might as well be an elimination game for the playoffs. It's not that serious, but that's the way Lester's gonna treat it. Hey, John pitches a great game tonight, or pitches a great game on Wednesday night, and he has leeway to be like, trust me. Okay, John gets his shit rocked. It's going to be a huge check for him. It probably would be, you know, I don't know how you start him again, maybe in the Pirate Series. So this goes back to the argument we had with Big Cat or the conversation where Big Cat said, I would like to see the Cubs miss the playoffs because I think, I mean, rather than make the wild card because it's better for them in the long term. So, like, what's better mm-hmm. for John Lester? If he goes out and pitches his balls off tonight for him personally and he walks away and he's like, I still got it, or if it's three innings, five runs on seven hits and he's walking away and he's like, I really, really need to change some shit up. Yeah, the latter. Definitely. Yeah. I so mean, then you're the la- you're the latter on both equations then. So you're, you're out on them making the playoffs and you're out on John Lester. Just I'm out on the- them making the playoffs if they don't get an NLDS. 
Okay. You need an NLDS. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair, too. I do. I don't know. I don't, I'm not out on it, I should say, but it's just it's so hard. The incentive. It's the same thing with, like, oh, do you do it for a draft pick? Like, like, well, like football or something. Right. You, you know what well, I mean? that's, that's where, I mean, I would defer back to Mike. Like, so you're talking about, like, missing the playoffs is good for the long term, but aren't they kind of locked into a lot of this money? Like, how... Like, I don't know how no. what changes happen, right? Like, explain no. to me how that how that helps them long term missing the playoffs. I mean, they would be more incentivized to sit down and figure out the contract situations. They've got open contracts with Baez, Schwarber, Bryant, uh, Wilson Contreras. Do you want look at what Rizzo is putting up another phenomenal year? Can you continue to bank on Anthony Rizzo on this cheap contract to show up every year and be as good as he is? Would it make more sense to just be like, why don't we extend this, do this like a five or six year deal at twenty million a year, Rizzo? We won't have to do any of this bullshit. There's a lot of open ended questions that this offseason will be will definitely be addressed. Stuff that we've been waiting to say. If, if Theo did it this past offseason or before, you'd be like, wow, that was aggressive and proactive mm-hmm. and forward thinking. But it looks like they just haven't taken their shots on this core. And and you're saying that if they make the wild card, they can just kick the can down the road. Hey, five year. five playoff appearances in a row, first time in the history of the Chicago Cubs. You know, mm-hmm. everybody, this is everything's great. Everybody in that building's like, we're going to the playoffs, and then they get to sit back on the narrative that baseball is a tough game. You've got injuries. Javi got injured. Wilson got injured. Rizzo got injured. Chris Bryant was injured throughout you know parts mm-hmm. of the year. So like, it gives them way more of a cushion to be like, and look how much we accomplished, as opposed to this. You guys spent two hundred twenty-two million dollars and you didn't get to the NLDS. There were three or there were two other teams that were better than you. There's four teams that will play in the NLDS. One's coming from the NL West. One's coming from the NL East. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the other two are going to come where? Probably. Your neighbors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Opportunity for two of them to come from the NL Central. The Nationals are going to be are throwing their, you know. There's so you just think of it as simply as this. If there's four NLDS spots in the National League and the Cubs have not, are not able to go out and claim one of them, are we proud of that Cubs team, or is it time to be like, what What do we do to consistently get in a position to go to the NLDS? And they're not there this year. They weren't there last year. And just you saying about how all the decisions are looming in the offseason, it just feels like a cloud that it's just not going to happen. So if you win an NLDS or you compete, you play hard on it, like that might give you more clarity on these decisions that should be made in the offseason. But really, I mm, it shouldn't, though. They should know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just tough. Like you are saying – repeatedly the farm system sucks it's like okay well you have all these contracts that you're like that are great value contracts that you're not doing anything with but you're you're locked into this other money and it's just like i i almost feel like if it's like almost now or never with this group like they have to like so i would i know they're not a world series team but it's like well i almost kind of want to make the playoffs Dave, just say you your, do I'm it curious on your thoughts Dave. otherwise you have to start blowing it up like are you ready to start no you're not up? you're not blowing anything up with javi Baez and chris bryant you're not blowing it up you're making a decision to say, are we going to trade this guy and go get some 21-year-old outfielders because we don't have good 21-year-old outfielders? Or do we need another corner infielder mm-hmm. who like is, is bogged down in somebody's system or something? And so like, can we start using – is a name like Chris Bryant, can he bring back like fucking four or five legit players? That's that's I, a drastic thing. But if you yeah. – I, I don't think they go that far because Chris is that good, but like – yeah, well, that that to me, like that to me, sounds like you're blowing. If you trade Chris Bryant, that's not a blow up. You don't think so? Up. No, no, I don't think so. Blowing okay. up is blowing up is when you're going back in time to be like, well, we did. can't. Can, like, I okay. think what they would do is do major change and still have the World Series on their mind. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, tra- Theo Epstein's the guy who traded Nomar Garcia Pars for a yeah. season as a general manager. Mm-hmm. Theo Theo Epstein's not looking at these guys as Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, and 
Kyle Schwarber, he's looking at them as numbers and he's looking at them as business decisions. And if he, you know, puts all these guys on paper and he sees that X player can bring back Y value and they're still going to be in a position for the next five or seven years with the rest of that core to be in a World Series, then he'll make that move all fucking day. And I would not be surprised if Chris Bryant's the one out. And I've, and that's just like a gut instinct. I would not be surprised if he's the one out the door this, this winter. Is he, though, Dave? Like, is he making those decisions based on that? Or has yeah, he, or he is doesn't that, care about these fucking guys. One of his big Cardinals flaws is he's held on to fucking some of these guys way too long. Yep. He's held on to him way too long. As far as drafting someone, as far as acquiring someone, he cares about that shit. When it comes to getting rid of them, that seems to be his biggest flaw. He, well, he had an opportunity to trade for Justin Verlander, didn't. You know, there's rumors that we could have traded for Jacob DeGrom and didn't. You know, Kyle Schwarber is going to be a 40 home run, 100 RBI guy, so we're okay with that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he doesn't – He doesn't. there's yeah. been opportunities to be proactive, and he hasn't. Is it an arrogance thing? Like, if you're one of his guys, and he, is he just not going to do that? Is that the vibe? I think that it does definitely have something to do with it. I think Theo wants to win – and he's won so much that he wants to win his way now. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like it's not just about winning, it's about winning. Now we go back to the trade piece. Let's talk Addison Russell for a second. No trade value on his own. If I am trading Chris Bryant, I'm gonna lump on Addison Russell in the process and I'm gonna fucking throw a tremendous value on top of that. So I think Addison Russell is somebody in the offseason who on his own standalone value doesn't have any trade value. But if you're fucking around and you're talking to a team, you're like, Okay, do you like Elmora? We like Hap. We will package Addison Russell in there too. And I think that takes shit to the next level where mm-hmm. I'm saying again, on his own, you're not going to see a deal for Addison. It's a good Russell. call. I never thought of it like that, but so. that's, you know, and like if you're trading someone like a Chris Bryant, then you're getting major league ready pieces that can fill in right away. And, and then finally, the other thing is they're probably, they're probably not going to bring Joe Madden back. If they did, it would be like, a, I, they're not going to bring Joe Madden back. If they did maybe a one year deal, he's not going to sign a one year deal. Mm-hmm. He's not going to sign a two year deal. He's going to go somewhere he wants. I'm not putting Joe Man. I'm not saying Joe Man won't manage for the White Sox, but that's a compelling. It's a compelling landing spot for Joe Man to go to the White Sox. Oh my god! And I then I think Theo. <laughs> the first that. thing they would want to figure out is who's the manager, and then it's like, is it Girardi? Is it Ross? And then what's our personnel? And what do you like? Like what, what's important to you? I, I what's important to you? Because I've heard the David Ross thing out there a lot. Is it? Is he like? Can he just go from the booth like Boone did with the Yankees, right, and be a good manager? You think that's possible, or would you rather have this? I think David Ross can in modern baseball. Maybe he couldn't have done it 15 years ago. Who do you prefer, Girardi or Ross? I prefer Girardi. Okay. Based on the fact that there's existing players, if it was 2015, I'd probably prefer David Ross Mm -hmm. because, like, let's go have some fun and build a culture. But like, all these players' personalities are existing, and the experience Joe Girardi has in New York cannot be replicated in professional sports. Catcher's turning to managers. Obviously, Girardi's done well, and then we got the Mike Matheny factor on the other side. We don't want David Ross to go one way or the other. Right. It it, the off season. I would anticipate, regardless of what happens, just the fact that we're two games back. From the Cardinals, the rivalry, the core, the players, the talent we have, Joe Madden, all this stuff here tells me if you're two two games back midway through September, you're probably not your contract's up for renewal. You're probably not going to be back next year. The first decision the Cubs probably make is who is that manager? And then they're probably going to look for somebody that can like implement their strategy on the changes that need to be made. But a big thing with Joe Girardi is that he commands a high price tag, and I don't know that Theo puts a premium on managers to the extent of what Joe Girardi is looking to get paid to manage a baseball team. But 
everything that I've heard says that he wants to be in Chicago. So who knows? Maybe he'll be with the White Sox. We'll find out. I'm going to be there uh, a lot over the weekend, uh, thanks to my good friends at SeatGeek. Ooh. So, and the nice thing is fully fully guaranteed. I know what I'm getting. I can compare ticket prices. It's so fucking easy to buy tickets on SeatGeek. So I'm making a big push around Wrigley. I'll be there for the, the Cardinal Series all weekend. I want to thank SeatGeek. And I'll be using my promo code REDLINE for $10 off. That's REDLINE for $10 off. Use SeatGeek for all your purchases, not just tickets for uh, sporting events, but if it's like a comedy show, you know, you're going to a concert, whatever. We, if you're not using SeatGeek at this point, like stop listening to this podcast because I don't like you. How's that? Fair enough. Either. Yeah. Fair enough, yeah. Then let's go on to managers. Uh, the rebuild. That was a perfect spot to do it. Yeah. So who would... Dave? I mean, who else would it be other than Ricky Renneria, that fucking dope? You guys can share them. I, honestly, I want to share them so bad, but I don't know if Carl's going to go that way. Uh, Ricky Renneria, over his tenure, and obviously he's had a dog shit roster to work with, but he's been he's 199 and 287 in almost about 99% full or of the way done with three seasons. Um, it's I I don't really put a premium on managers either. I think Ricky Renneria would probably win 100 games if he was coaching the Houston Atros. I think he'd probably lose fucking 100 games if he was coaching the Chicago White Sox. So I really don't like him, though, because it's just like dog shit bunt after dog shit bunt. It's like 80-style baseball. His lineup construction's terrible. I can't wait to get fucking rid of the guy. I wouldn't be surprised if the White Sox fire him after this season and go all in on someone like a Joe Girardi. And that, like that, I, I just can't. I can't do it anymore with him. He just fucking stinks. He stinks. So you're out on Rick Renneria. I'm completely out on. Yeah, him. he's Mickey Mouse. He's a JV coach. He, that's that's a perfect way to describe me. He's just a JV coach, and like he's, it's going to happen to him two times in a row where he's he's just here as a placeholder for the team, and as soon as they're ready to compete again, he's going to be out the door. So I mean, maybe he can find a niche. Like maybe he can go manage the fucking. Giants now that they're going to blow He's a up babysitter of a bad team. Exactly. Yeah. That's all he is. is a I want to give him credit. Okay, so give Rick Rennery a credit, though. Your team sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Your team sucks. I hope he has a good support system. That's being genuine. What? Because that's just a brutal life to get fucking host. <laughs> I mean, like, I know I know it's on him at the end of the day because like, he's the manager. I'm, I'm not some stats fan graphs you know what nerd, I'm saying? but, like, he goes against all of this information that's readily available to us every single day. And he's like, I don't give a shit what the numbers say. I'm going to go with my instincts. It's like, dude, these numbers say you should do this instead of what you're doing. And this is part of the reason you're failing. It's just like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, it, like it's, it's handed to you on a piece of paper saying, here are the numbers, do this. Like yeah. math shows that you'll have a better chance of succeeding in this instance. If you do this and he's like, I trust my. Instinct. He sacrificed bunts uh, approximately two, oh, a little bit over two times as much as an average MLB manager. It's it's disgusting. He was sacked bunting with Mankata the other day, who's their best power hitter by far. Intentional walks, guys, about forty percent more than your average. It's keep so, going, so I can yeah, like, just punch never my steals, eye. never steals second base, steals second base about fifteen percent less. So this is Rick Renneria teams. They don't steal second base. They give up outs instead. They'd rather sack bunt, and then. Um, uh, they steal third at like a major league level, and yeah, he's just terrible. Well, it's, Dave, it's let me bad. ask you a question. Yeah, you wrote a blog today called "It's Tank Season," mm-hmm. meaning you're going for draft picks, not Who, necessarily right? draft picks, draft pool money, draft pool, whatever. Yeah, losing is good. 
Right now, yes, lose as much as possible. Who loses better than Rick Renteria? I mean, he's a loser. You wouldn't be he's here a without loser. Him. You wouldn't. The, he's the, a fucking the loser. Be in, I mean, I, I the best thing about him, I I will say, is that he's he's bilingual. He speaks Spanish, and that's about it. That's about it. I mean, the players seem to like him, which is good. He's not like Mike Matheny, where uh, who was a Tommy Fam like tried to like fight him in the locker room or something. He's not like that, but and he does care about the guys, but. Like on a human level, he's fine. As a manager, as a baseball guy, he's like so antiquated and so outdated. It's like, dude, go back to the fucking 90, 1980s with your porn mustache. Go and slap hit like behind runners. Don't hit any fucking doubles or hit gaps or hit home runs. And like, go take a time machine back then because that's when you were meant to shine as a manager. That's not how baseball works anymore. Like Carl said, like they never steal. Anderson had like 15 stolen bases right off the bat this year. I think he's got like 16, 17 right now. Um, and Cotton never steals. He can fucking fly. Engel doesn't even steal. He's like the fastest player in baseball. It's like, what are you doing, man? Mm-hmm. Like, fucking stop with all this old, antiquated bullshit baseball and, like, like advance your mind, and you will find more success. So, so it's Renneria. Renneria all day, every day. Carl, are you Dale sharing Swam. that? Swaim. I can't say his name, but it's Dell. <laughs> I mean, it's Dell. They wanted a 392 clip when he was here. <laughs> he's just, that bad? <laughs> he's, just not, he's just not a smart guy. They fired Quaddy for Dale Swim. Yeah. And Quaddy was awesome down the stretch in 2011. They were like, I want to say like 19 and 6. And they were 19 and 6 in September in 2011. And then the fan base was like, well, if they keep Quaddy, because Quaddy, you know, Quaddy's a guy, Quaddy's been around. And then Theo's like, no, we're not keeping Quaddy. I'm not having Quaddy as my rebuild manager. We need somebody who's not going to win 77 games. We need somebody who's going to win 61 games. <laughs> Dale Swim came out. They won 61 games. Then they turned around and drafted Chris Bryant. Who's the <laughs> dumbest guy we can hire? That's seriously like they were in between. They interviewed uh, Mike Maddox, who at the time was a pitching coach Pitch for the coach, Rangers, yeah. coming mm-hmm. off the 2011 World Series. He was a hot name, and uh, ultimately they were like, we wanted someone who was like, we gave him a bunch of in-game simulations and gave him a bunch of like hypotheticals, and we were very comfortable with the decision that he made. And ultimately, he was just a puppet. Yeah, he's like, here's your lineup, like. Here's your fucking paycheck. Go hand it to the umpire. I had to look him up. He's now the uh, Royals hitting coach. No, good for yeah, him. Yeah, good for like baseball guy. So I don't. There's not a lot like they. They were so bad. He sucked. You needed a guy. He's like your classic. Like when we're standing talking about this from the perspective of a rebuild manager, and for me, a good rebuild manager is someone who's just a sheep who's getting taken out to be slaughtered. <laughs> and Rick Renneria like is trying to manage. Like, he's, like, trying to sack bunt. Like, why are you even giving these signs, dude? Like, just fucking take a Xanax and sit at the end of the dugout, man. Like, you don't need to be managing this shit. Just be a guy. So I, I feel bad for Rick. That's who Dell was. Rick just, uh, he just tore his rotator cuff or something. So he's been on pain meds a lot. And his managerial decisions the last few days have been even worse than they normally are. Oh, I was, gonna, I was hoping they were going mean, to get better. I don't. I don't know if that's true or not. So that's just me trying to be funny. But We got relievers Rick, next week. You stink. So we Believers got relievers next, next week, week and then yeah. some, somebody, somebody on Twitter has been sending us updates on this. So just like put together a roster and all this stuff. <laughs> um, I have a grab bag, Chief. You want to open that, please? I'd love to. Title of the grab bag says Cubs and four. That's because they need to win four games in a row for me to feel good about them again. This is an abbreviated one. This is a three parter leading off. Number one 90s baseball movies takes go, Ed. Rookie of the year. I mean, I, I was on Lights, Camera, Barstool uh, last week or two weeks ago. We're in New York. He had Rookie of the Year as the worst sports movie ever made. Chief. Now, I, see, I feel like all the baseball movies were late 80s, early 90s. So I was going to say Major League, but that was 89. 
Um, that, that place. That, that place. That, that okay. Place, I think me. I, I think you said 90s. I'm trying well, to like, play what, by the, your rules. You say 90s. I'm trying to play by your rules. So, yeah, if we're expanding it to the 89, I'm taking Major League. Hilarious movie. Great baseball movie. That's my favorite. All right. So, Ed. You were bringing up rookie of the year. You said Lights Camera Barcelona had a bad take on yeah, it. Yeah, Jeff Lowe said okay. it was. Yeah, and I would say, did they have a bad take on Major League? No, no, Major League Two was shit. Major League hard. Two is okay. a dog shit yeah. movie. He's like yeah. Major League One is my is my number one. Number one. So I don't want to take I I don't want to take. Obviously, rookie of the year as a child, as an adult. That's I think not Major my League's number my one number though. One. I was just bringing that up. You just asked for like '90s movies. Yeah, tapes, yeah. I was I assuming you'd talk about the one you like. Yeah, you, know, you were. No, hot no, on. no. That was just like that was the first thing that popped up because it's still a preposterous take because that's the worst one. But mm-hmm. favorite one's The Sandlot. So. Is it? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think okay. that's everybody's for the most Sandlot's part. Great. Well, Dave, I'm not going to ask you for your favorite, but. Well, we're going to get to you in a second, Dave. Quickly, Ed, Little Big League, Night Nurses from Jersey. Did you like that scene? I, I liked Little Big League. That was on the Someone had that on their list uh, on the, the worst sports movie, but I don't know. As a kid, it gave me hope. I was like, you know, I, I could be a GM as a kid. You yeah. know? But what about uh, Angels in the Outfield for you, Chief? Oh, fuck. What? I Why love Angels in the Outfield. I think Angels in the Outfield is great, too. So <laughs> I was thought he was going to shit on No, me. no, no. I loved Angels in the Outfield. That's like one of those movies I remember like going to the theater and walking out like feeling like, wow. Like now, the manager's wings. not... Yeah. Danny Glover isn't the manager, right? But it's the guy who looks like Danny Glover? No, Danny Glover. No, is Danny, Danny Glover's Glover. the manager? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fucking Dave Nacho Glover. Butt. We got Foster yeah. Holmes in there. Feel yep. good stories. JP McConaughey's in it. He yeah. plays in the outfield. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Dave, we're gonna get to. You. I like I little. Did not know yeah. I'm getting oh, to Dave yeah. in a sec. I like little big league because I like the strategy behind it. So to Ed's point, like I did like the fact that it didn't mm-hmm. make you feel like oh, there's a side of the game like you don't just have to be like Ken Griffey Jr. You don't have to be a player. Okay, other couple classics. Obviously, feel the dreams for the love of the game, mm-hmm. Dave. You, though, I bring this up 90s baseball movies because you have a take that I think is one of the worst takes of all time. You hate A League of Their Own. I think it's just so boring. Oh, why? Like the storyline behind it's great, but the movie itself, it's just, I don't know. I find it exceptionally boring. And I know it's an unpopular opinion. I don't really like it. I think, I don't know, it's just, it's just boring to me. It doesn't doesn't hit me in the feels as the this, See, this say. is such a fucking pussy I mean, take because when we were in New York, you're like, that movie sucks. Like, fuck the, Tom Hanks. Like, this is such not, a modified that's version such a of a fucking this. lie right there. Okay, what I remember versus what I feel and what I felt was you had a lot of passion and hate for a league of their own. Yeah, and now I, that we're I, on mic, you're like, it's, well, I don't just think boring. it's that good of a movie. And I'll say the same thing about Field of Dreams and about The Natural, too. Shoeless Joe is a fucking great book, and The Natural, the book is way better. Natural versus Rookie. Rookie of the Year? No, versus the Rookie. Oh, the Rookie. Uh, Came out in 2000, so that's out of the bounds. I'm upset you even put those two up against each other. I'm just curious what you think. I'm upset. I'm just curious what you think, Ed. Because the Rookie was on my list as number four of the worst sports movie. I think it's okay. Even though it's based on a true story. Yeah, but like with that fucking scene where The pivotal scene is completely fake. Yeah, where he throws the ball past like a speed limit thing. (laughs) Well, that's a great scene. Yeah, I mean, Dennis Quaid. Did you ever do that as a kid? Like you and your buddies ever stop and throw stuff? I did that. Can you? Does that pick it, it up? Doesn't register. No. No, it doesn't register. Okay. We check. Well, okay. I, I, my my wheels were spinning. My hamster wheels were spinning. Uh, right this there. next question is a question. I think we know who this question's for. Glory holes, glory days. What's your favorite youth football memory pre high school? I didn't play pre high school. Only played football high school. memory. Yep. My favorite youth. Oh, definitely eighth grade. We played St. Mary Buffalo Grove at Loyola High School uh, for the championship. We were fucking fourteen and a half point underdogs. They were twenty five and zero. Like like. Haven't lost a game in like three you seasons. Won your eighth grade eighth elementary grade, school yeah, Catholic winners, football yeah, championship. Yeah, they were. I swear to God, they didn't win. Like whatever. That's kind of a big deal. I know. Oh, it was big. Because like on the <laughs> south side, like I can tell you, Queen of Martyrs won it, and they were big underdogs against St. Barnabas. Yeah, 
Barnabas had a couple kids going to Carmel. Yeah, we yeah. were big dogs, dude. Like big. They didn't lose a game for like three or four years beforehand. Like no one gave us a chance. And You're we, beaming sitting here yeah. talking about it 20 years later. It was so. a big moment in my life. Yeah. And I say that seriously. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Honestly, though, we beat yeah. the fuck. When we we did not, we beat the fuck out of them. Wow. Yeah. All right, I'll tell quick before I give it to Dave. Uh, game one, eighth grade, I scored my only touchdown. I was like the third running back in like a wing <laughs> formation, but we had one kid who got the ball all the time because he was fucking awesome. We were on the seven-yard line. It was a T formation, 44 sweep. I got it, took it off the four gap, <laughs> hit the pylon, was going absolutely fucking bananas. All I wanted to do after then was like score a touchdown, didn't even come close to sniffing the end zone. I got like two carries a game. I was a terrible running back, Dave. <laughs> Uh, did you guys have weight limits? Yeah, we had weight limits. I was oh, a, yeah. I was a striper, double striper. So in grade. I played BGYFL football, and that's a little different from Pop Warner because Pop Warner was just ages, not weight limits. I played weight limits, and I was always ounces away from like not making weight where I'd had to wear a stripe on my helmet, and I'd have to yeah, play. Yeah, you're a striper. On, yeah, striper, yeah. right. So, But I was also fully grown when I was 12 years old so and like shaving and shit, so every time I got the ball, I scored a touchdown. So... I mean, I do, do you have a favorite memory? I mean, every single game I had like four touchdowns. Every game, like literally every game. That's a great transition because the last thing on the grab bag is I'm interested in. I haven't heard anything about this White Sox Dave Challenge business, but assuming that White Sox Dave Challenges still exist, I would like to propose one punt, pass, and kick competition held by Dave citywide. We're we'll do that at Lincoln Park. Yeah, but it's not it's not for you to compete. You organize it, and then you get to crown your own White Sox Dave punt, pass, and kick champion Ooh, across like across the city. And then maybe we do tiebreakers on a radar gun or something like there's some <laughs> okay. sort of velocity component. I like that. That's all I have. It's a good challenge. It's a good challenge. Is that the end of the grab That's bag? That's the end of the grab bag. All right. I mean, all yeah. gas. I mean, you guys want me to end the grab bag and then come out and then do the close <laughs> myself. I'm handing off the grab bag. Do you guys have anything else for the week, weekend, something you want to Some parting words. I got a little something. Thank uh-huh. you. I know no one wants to talk hockey because it's September, but we got to see Andrew Shaw Fuck. last night. 